are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? It's Monday, September 27th, 2021, and I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, here after week three of the 2021 season, and I'm going to save all the fake enthusiasm and hype and uh, really anything other than just kind of conveying how I feel about week three and this Dolphins team. And uh, the Dolphins lost yesterday in overtime, 31-28 to to the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, in a lot of instances, I think you could look at it at a surface level and say, well, you know, they, they bounced back pretty good versus uh, what it was in week two when they got shellacked by Buffalo and lost 35 to nothing. But, like, the Miami Dolphins shouldn't have lost this football game. And that's the part that kind of has me heated this morning because, you know, I didn't chose not to record last night. I wanted to have as objective as a, a point of view and perspective as I possibly could. But Miami, they, they were spotted 14 points in this game. They were up 14-0 with the ball. Now, the ball was at their own one-yard line. Uh, and they chose to run a now or a smoke, not even throw the ball out of the end zone for a safety, uh, which gave up two points and the ball. Uh, in, in what kind of flipped the script of this game. And there's there's a lot that we got to get into here with this team. Uh, one of the things that I did like was we came out on the podcast last week and said, hey, Miami, run the damn ball. And they did run the ball. Malcolm Brown had a long touchdown run on fourth and short. Uh, Miles Gaskin found... A significant amount of room to run. The Dolphins finished with 133 team yards, including Jacoby Brissett. And uh, that's another good good sign for Miami was I thought Jacoby Brissett showed a lot of really admirable toughness. Uh, is he pinpoint accurate? No. He put two deep balls out there that I really appreciated once Miami took the training wheels off the offense. And that's one direction we're going to go today. Uh, he put up put one up for Devontae Parker that fell incomplete, and I have no idea why Devontae Parker didn't try and elevate and attack the football in the air, uh, because I thought if he did go up and, and get it and attack it, he could have won that ball. And then the other one was to Will Fuller in overtime on a ball that should have drawn defensive pass interference because Will Fuller was tackled before the football arrived. And I know we all remember when Byron Jones was popped for DPI last year against the Raiders, for simply having his hand on the shoulder of Nelson Aguilar, and then Byron Jones, without tugging or pulling, elevates and attacks the ball and, and touches the ball in contesting that catch last year. Extremely frustrating lack of consistency by the NFL's perspective on calling defensive pass interference when a guy is trying to track the ball and has a guy draped on him like a cape, clear as day, and you don't call it. And that's the only complaint I'm going to have about officiating in this game, because the Dolphins lost this game. It was an embarrassing effort. From the moment the Dolphins took possession, up 14 to nothing in the first quarter, until when they went on the first of their two scoring drives in the fourth quarter, 
So the end of the first quarter, the entire second quarter, and the entire third quarter. 32 minutes of game clock. Miami ran 30 plays for 102 yards. Jalen Waddell set an NFL record for least productive 12 receptions in NFL history since 1950. 4.8 yards. What are we doing? Genuine question. Like, offensively, what are we doing? You are up 14-0, and you have the ball on your own one-yard line. And you're averaging, at that point in the game, eight yards per carry. You have one of the NFL's best QB sneak executors in Jacoby Brissett. And you come out in the shotgun and throw in the end zone. You don't even throw out of the end zone. That's getting too cute. Everything was like pulling teeth to find yards until it wasn't. Magically, Miami gets into the fourth quarter. They're down 11 points. Hey, maybe we should try throwing the ball down the field and loosening up the coverage a couple of times. Jacoby Brissett put a couple really good balls out there down the field. But you just, because you were up 14-0, you didn't want to risk a turnover? And that's, that's, that is the demoralizing part. And I appreciate that this coaching staff, and I've talked about it on this podcast, they're going to call each game within a vacuum. But it felt like this offense just completely turtled when they were up 14. Okay, don't make any mistakes. Don't give them a short field. But like, guys, they're going to score points because you keep going six and out and getting 14 yards and possessing the ball for two minutes. You know, a lot of people have gripes about the Dolphins and defense and, and what they did in overtime. They were on the field for 40 minutes yesterday. And they were on the field 30 minutes through the first three quarters. Two-thirds of the game in the first three quarters, Miami's defense was on the field because the offense couldn't cons- consistently maintain any level of possession in the game. Because they're coaching scared and conservative. And like the whole reason why you promoted Eric Studisville and George Godsey to be co-coordinators was to have some level of continuity. So why does the offense have training wheels? I don't have a good explanation for that. But what I do know is that it cost the Dolphins the game against the Raiders. Because they went into their shell and they didn't threaten anything until they had to because they were down 11 points in the fourth quarter with 14 minutes left. We're not handling expectations of being a contender particularly well. And maybe this is what we need is is to, to dig ourselves a a three-game hole so that we can become the, the lovable team with nothing to lose again, and maybe then we'll cut it loose. I don't know. But what I do know is the Dolphins' offense needs to take the training wheels off and leave them off. They took them off in the fourth quarter, and that's the maddening part. You just made a decision because you're down 11 to open it up? Where was this the entire time? You're playing the Raiders. 
one of the most explosive offenses in football. Did you really think you were going to sit on 14-0, leave him off the scoreboard, and go home happy with a final score of 17-3? No. And the winner in this game got up over 30 points. So why are you sitting on 14-0 like it's going to do you anything? No, it's not depressing. Our friends over at Get Upside. Listeners of Locked On Dolphins are making up to 25 cents per gallon on gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you could get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up, up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents get per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash goes added right into your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Football season is obviously back, and between the NFL and college football, there's no better place for you to go for all of your betting action than betonline.he. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.he continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, wreck your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. So I'm, I'm not sure you guys can tell. But I'm pretty peeved at the way things went last uh, last afternoon or yesterday, uh, with the Dolphins falling to one and two, and of course, um, the fact that they were able to tap into a more aggressive mentality and actually found success is just the part that just eats me up. I do think. Uh, the, some of the changes along the offensive line were welcomed. Uh, tried to have some patience with Liam Eikenberg. He had his hands full at times with Max Crosby, but I thought Eikenberg settled into the game pretty well uh, a, as things went. Uh, this team did have a good push up front in the run game. Gaskin... 13 for 65, 5 yards per carry. Malcolm Brown, 7 for 31 in the touchdown, 4.4 yards per carry. Still somehow managed to be the guy they're giving the ball to when he's got a bounce on third and short. He doesn't get it, and then they sneak with Brissett, and it's like the least imaginative thing ever. Uh, Brissett, 7 for 37 and a touchdown. Uh, I, I know a lot of the super vocal supporters of Tua Tagovailoa were on social media last night pointing to Jacoby Brissett, 32 of 49 for 215. And I don't know why it has to turn into a pissing contest between Tua and Jacoby. Like, Jacoby's very clearly the backup quarterback and dealing with the same offensive limitations um, from a coaching perspective. 
that Tua was dealing with. Obviously, the the structure of some of the plays was different. I did think we saw a lot less RPO, um, was some more traditional stuff. Uh, but th- this, I appreciated what Jacoby Brissett was able to offer with what the play calls were designed to be. He's tough. Uh, he showed toughness in the pocket. He took a few big hits and stood in and threw balls down the field. He didn't make any uh, ill-advised throws. You know, he is very clearly within the pocket, a more physically limited player, uh, but he's also bigger, taller, stronger uh, than Tua. So there were a couple plays within the grasp that Jacoby was able to avoid sacks. And uh, I, I think for a backup quarterback, that's all you could really hope for, right? Is is you know, for him to show the kind of leadership that he put on display. Uh, in crunch time, to help manufacture, and, and maybe this was the source of inspiration that this team needs uh, to not coach and approach possessing the football scared, uh, because you know they they obviously had three possessions in uh, the fourth quarter, eleven for forty-seven and a field goal, and they went went for it on fourth down on that unimaginative. Uh, script that we just mentioned, six plays for 12 yards plus a penalty, uh, roughing the passer on Max Crosby, um, went forward on fourth down from the 43 and turned it over on downs. Dolphins managed to provide a three and out, and then Miami went 13 plays, 61 yards, and three minutes and 20 seconds to close the game plus the two-point conversion. So let's run a little bit of tempo. You know, and it's it'd be one thing if you were playing it close to the vest to avoid making like critical mistakes, right? But the mistakes are still happening. Like Malcolm Brown called for an illegal block on Miami's first play. Brissett, short middle, Jalen Waddle, thirteen yards, penalty on Malcolm Brown for a low block, fifteen yards. Just killed the drive. Right? The Adam Shaheen completion. Brought back because of holding. Now, I'm sure the Dolphins can point to and say, well, we played it close to the vest. We executed when we had to. We got it to overtime. We scored 28 points. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they probably would have some merit, but you got to understand who you're playing against, right? And I think that's the big thing. Now, looking forward from here, uh, obviously we have Tampa Bay in two weeks. And Tampa is if I were to sit here and try to cook up a a rosy aqua and teal and orange-colored viewpoint for the world, uh, Miami's getting ready to play next week the Indianapolis Colts, right? who are 0-3. The bad news about the Colts being 0-3 is they're probably going to be pretty desperate. But the, I don't want to say the good news, uh, but the Colts, offensively, um, are arguably as bad, if not worse, than Miami. Uh, Carson Wentz was 19-37 for 94 yards uh, against the Tennessee Titans. They lost by 9 to Tennessee. Uh, offensively, they just don't, they don't have a lot of punch. Uh, I think Miami can still win that game. If they play the way they played the fourth quarter against the Raiders, 
offensively, defensively, I think they can be fresh enough. They're, I mean, the, the Indianapolis is nowhere near as potent and dynamic as what the Raiders are. And then, you know, you want to sit here and say, okay, you know, well, Tampa Bay just lost. They're going to be really pissed, and Tom Brady's going back to Foxborough, so is there an emotional letdown after that game? Miami could steal it. Um, it Miami's going to have to be extremely lucky to be within a touchdown of Tampa Bay. Then you go to Jacksonville, right? You presumably get Tua back off IR, and you it, Jacksonville's Jacksonville, and Urban Meyer uh, said that playing every team in the NFL is equivalent to playing the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Jacksonville's 0-3. Trevor Lawrence, uh, no bueno thus far, not very good. Uh, he continues to throw interceptions left and right. I think Miami can beat Jacksonville. So, like, and, yeah, this is, um, the, the Colts game specifically is probably a little bit of optimism. But I would not be surprised to see Miami sitting at 3-3 three and three again. What happens from there, though, you know, kind of readjusting our expectations, that's, that's kind of what I want to start this week on. I'm not going to sit here and, and dwell on the fumble that, Kenyon Drake had inside the five-yard line that popped up in the air that, you know, could Miami have recovered instead of Alec Ingold before they go on to score a touchdown on Y Banana and all like all that kind of stuff. Like, no. I'm I'm evaluating the Dolphins as they move forward. What has become painfully apparent to me is there are some pain points and some frustrations and some log jams with overall ideology and coaching and execution, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, that need to get figured out like right now. And I'm I'm kind of shifting my focus because I don't think with the limitations this team has right now on the offensive line, with the quarterback inconsistencies and the offensive play calling, and defensively on third downs, they're just like woefully bad. And I get some of that against the Raiders was because they were on the field for such a long time. They're not playing particularly complimentary football, right? This is not a team that's executing that 11-12 win strike zone. It's not. So now it has to become like I'm putting that mentality away. I'm going to tuck it away. And now the mentality that we had at the start of last year is the one that we now have to view this team through, which is we're in evaluation mode. We're evaluating what parts are problematic, what parts have long-term potential, what parts are foundational. And the expectations on game day, we're pulling them way back here on this show. Because that's the, I, I can tell you, as somebody who got excited about this football team, that's the only way I'm going to survive the next 14 games. The only way I'm surviving the next 14 games. I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without any of the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Content also varies by package uh, with our friends over at Built Bar. You know, depending on what flavor you order, that's the flavor the contents you're going to find inside the package when it gets mailed to your doorstep and uh, delivers you a whole bunch of deliciousness directly to your front door. Built Bar is high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all their bars. So whether you're looking for something delicious, something to grab and go, something as a midnight snack, post-workout, meal replacement, you name it, Built Bar can be it. Right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your next order. So let's close with that. Right, you know, kind of renewed expectations. Miami is one and two at this point in time. They're home against the Colts next week, and then they're in Tampa Bay against the Bucks for a trip to London to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go through it. Uh, I do think they beat the Colts on Sunday. Uh, the, the Colts do not have the weaponry on the outside to threaten Miami. None of their offensive skill players are threatening uh, in the way in which the Las Vegas Raiders could threaten you with Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. And obviously, uh, Hunter Renfro put Xavier Howard, of all guys, in the blender on one of those triple deke routes he had. So uh, credit to the Raiders. Uh, I, I do have the, the Dolphins down. I, I like the way that they performed early in the game before they took their foot off the gas in their response after what happened in Buffalo. I think coming home, Indianapolis, Dome team, coming to South Florida, Wearing navy blue. Quentin Nelson got carted off on Sunday. Carson Wentz is no good. They don't have weapons on the outside. I think it'll be a painful game to watch, but put me down for like 20-16 to 16 Miami wins. Uh, th- then they're going to lose to Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay. I do think they go to London and beat Jacksonville, and they will come home and beat the Falcons. Uh, those two teams are not good. And Miami, you know, I understand they're not particularly good right now either, um, but Jacksonville and Atlanta, from a talent perspective, are two of probably the five worst teams in the NFL. Miami has talent, and that's also part of what makes it maddening. Right now, you can also get into the conversation about them having too many developmental pieces in too many critical spots simultaneously, and that's a conversation we'll have on another day this week because I think that's really uh valuable, and I think there's a lot of pertinent information there that, that we kind of have to digest. Now, there's a 0% chance they're beating Buffalo in Buffalo, who's going to be coming off their bye in Week 8. So put them down for an L there. That puts you at 4-4. Four and four. <sighs> Then you're home against the Texans, a game I will be at. I'm going to be sitting with a listener of Locked On Dolphins. we got to figure out a giveaway, give away that ticket. 5-4. Uh, and four. Then you're losing to Baltimore on Thursday night to put you at 5-5, five and five, going into the final stretch of the season. Okay, five and five. You play the Jets. Jets are another one of those bottom five talent teams in the NFL. Carolina is a tough one. I'm going to skip that one, and I'm going to go to the home game that they the Dolphins have against the Giants. The Giants are woefully bad. They lost to Atlanta. Uh, they they're from a coaching perspective, a talent perspective, uh, they just cannot win any close football game. Miami has their bye. They're home against the bye, hosting the Jets. 
I think they get one of the, I think they get that win too. I see no reason why you can't beat the Jets. The Jets have gotten demolished in every game they've played. They're going to be bad. We know they're going to be bad, uh, which gives you eight wins right now. That leaves us with home against Carolina, on the road against New Orleans, Tennessee, and then home against New England. I'm going to give them a loss against New Orleans and Tennessee at this point in time. And I say they go 1-1 one one over the other two games, which would give you 9-8. and eight. I thought eight, 8 wins I thought was probably the floor for this team based off a talent coaching style of play perspective. But even against the Raiders, like, guys, this, this team was undisciplined. Two Raiders touchdown drives aided by unnecessary roughness penalties from Justin Coleman and Elaine and Roberts. Fifty of the fifteen yard variety. I like I get the procedural stuff. I get Austin Jackson false starting on a critical down and distance. I get the holds. Like I get that is problematic. Which, by the way, they, they, Greg Little better dress against Indianapolis. And I would probably play him. Or I would put Solomon Kinley back in the lineup. Like, <laughs> they had the ability to run the ball. But here, here's the pain point, right? I'm getting sidetracked. Obviously, I have a lot of thoughts, feelings, and emotions. There's no question after the first five weeks, and we knew this was going to be the hard part, right? We knew the first five weeks was going to be the hard part of this schedule. This schedule does soften up. And I know right now, it's kind of the sinking feeling. Raiders is a quality loss. and You don't get bonus points for quality losses, but that's a good team, the Raiders. We'll see if they fade down the stretch like they did last year. But offensively, that's a very good football team. Derek Carr is playing arguably MVP caliber football right now. He leads the NFL in passing. I think he's over 1,200 yards through three games. Buffalo's just Buffalo. I mean, they're they're gonna beat us from now until the end of time until they prove until the Dolphins prove otherwise. I think we need to holster playoff expectations. Uh, I would say, and the reason why I did this exercise was just kind of looking at the back half of the schedule. Like it does get soft, and like I know Miami feels like a dumpster fire right now. I get it. They feel like a, an overwhelming amount of ineptitude in a number of spots, and there's some pain points that that, yes, I think continue to not be where they need to be if Miami's ever going to get to where we hope they become as a team. But not all hope is lost for a respectable season, uh, but I'm not expecting postseason right now. Uh, and, and let's unfortunately put the evaluator hat back on. And that, to me, is super demoralizing because we've spent – the last two years, kind of evaluating and, and maintaining patience. And now here we are where we have to take seemingly two steps backwards with what this team has put on display through three games. If they lose to the Colts, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. In the meantime, we have a week of Locked On Dolphins programming for you to look forward to. So make sure you plan accordingly. Uh, fins up. 
you know, let's let's buckle down. Let's, let's try and stay as optimistic as we can. Obviously, these are not as fun as Victory Monday shows, and hopefully, we'll have a Victory Monday on our hands here in the days to come. And this time next week, we're talking about how the Dolphins are two and two, and they figured some things out, and they played much more assertively and aggressively. Like that'd be super swell. I'd be really cool with that. Would love to see it. Uh, would love to see you guys back in the podcast feed. We got some streams on YouTube this week as well, so plan accordingly. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in lo- right here on Locked On Dolphins. Thanks as always for listening. And fins up.